Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for The Quiet Ones. What is the supernatural? What if you could prove that the supernatural was merely a manifestation of what already exists in the mind? If we can cure one patient, we cure all mankind. What story are you looking for? Are you a believer? I suppose I don't know what I believe in. I hope you don't scare easily. Welcome to the experiment. What's wrong with her? She was abandoned. She remembers nothing from her past. Families would keep her for a bit. Then things would happen. Don't look into her eyes. Don't say anything to her. What if she's just a vessel? You're not alone, are you? There's something there with you, isn't there? What is it? There's something bad inside of me. I really don't know if I can do this. You're scared because you can't explain what you've seen. Strength for what lies ahead. Gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from Sirius XM, Julia Cunningham, and tonight's guest, Sam Claflin. Oh, these ladies love you, Sam. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, first of all, Sam, thank you for being here because that movie looks scary as hell, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I cannot give you any comfort. Um, no, and unfortunately, it's it's a very very scary film, but uh, I hope you enjoy it when you get around to watching it. Well, let's first just talk about what drew you to this project. Was it the aspect of having a period piece? Was it the aspect of working with Hammer? Was it that it's a scary movie? Like, could you even calculate what drew you to this project? Um, I don't think there was any particular one. There wasn't one reason in particular. It was a, it was a sort of series of different reasons. Um, one being, yes, it was a Hammer horror movie. Uh, and the, the most recent movies that they brought out, Let Me In and The Woman in Black, you know, excited me hugely. So that in itself was a, a, a draw. Um, also, the, the kind of the concept, the storyline, and the fact that it's based on real events kind of attracted me somewhat. Um, but also, my knowledge of cameras is pretty lacking, and I think the challenge of having to research the 1970s kind of equipment and uh, actually shoot, you know, having the opportunity to shoot a lot of the uh, scenes myself as well was was quite a draw. So uh, yeah, I mean, there were, there was many a reason. 
Well, let's talk about that. The fact that you were actually using like a real camera, like you were actually splicing film in a scene. Did you learn how to do that specifically for the scene? Yeah, I mean, for some reason, somebody trusted me, um, which was really stupid of them. But uh, it was something that I definitely, you know, had to practice uh, a lot of a lot of time on. Um, I, I sort of went to the London Film School and learned how to uh, work a 1970s machine and uh, how to cut film, you know, the way that we used to. Uh, obviously, everything's done digitally now, so it's kind of been forgotten. It's like a lost art. Um, but for me to kind of uh, delve into that world was was hugely inspiring. Like eye-opening, um, and uh, you know, I definitely grabbed it with both hands and did the best I could, I guess. Right. Um, and hopefully, it kind of looks like I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but it, it was it was difficult, definitely. Were there any moments when you are looking at a scene and you're seeing it through the same kind of lens, the idea of what the director is seeing, and then seeing it on film? Like, are you finding that your eye can can go in that direction? Now? Well, I mean, I mean, what what was incredible was they allowed me a lot of opportunities with the actual camera that we used to film it, um, you know, to film the scenes prior to the cameraman taking over and doing it properly. Um, <laughs> but he kind of took a lot of his insight and a lot of his ideas from what I was doing naturally. So he said, you know, you are the cameraman, do the scene, I'm going to watch you. And the things that you look at or you will do as the character, I will, you know, tune into my interpretation. Um, and obviously there were things and moments that I missed with focus and uh, in fact I think it took me about Shaky. five scenes to realize that the center, that, that there's sort of a border around the center of a picture which is, it gives you warning as to what's close to coming into picture but I thought everything was in picture so I think I decapitated a fair few cast members <laughs> during my, my, uh, my filming. But, um, it's fine, they can fix that in post. <laughs> exactly. That stuff yeah, happens, exactly. it's fine. It's I know a all horror about movie, movies. right? Yeah. Everyone's decapitated, it's fine. Well, um, would you tell me, Sam, about actually reading the script? Like, how different is it when you're sitting there thumbing through it, thinking of what things look like, and then actually seeing the set? It's, it's never the way you expect. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, you have to understand that reading a horror movie... Uh, being in a horror movie and watching a horror movie, there were three very, very different steps along the way of something that's very, very, very tricky. Um, I mean, reading it was quite suspenseful and, you know, uh, obviously drew me into it enough that I wanted to be involved. Uh, filming it was like a comedy um, uh, in the sense that you, you, you have to imagine that there's no sound effects and there's no... There's no pianist behind the camera kind of playing these eerie tunes um, to right. kind of get you into character or in, in this sort of suspenseful mood. Um, instead, we had a director who insisted on vocalizing a lot of the sound effects. So instead of actual furniture scraping upstairs, you'd have a man going, Scrape! <laughs> Screech! Bang! <laughs> it's like, you know... So you sort of, and then you, you're trying not to laugh in the middle of a take. You turn around and see another one of the actors kind of going. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very, it was tough. It was very, very tough, very challenging. Um, but then when you see all the pieces put together in the final cut, I mean, it, you know, it, it makes, it, it makes sense. But, it I all mean, works. Yeah, it definitely, we definitely had our moments where we, we kind of were wondering whether it was actually going to be scary at all. <laughs> it was 
you know, it, it was it was tough, but uh, I think it works. Now, so when you're you're acting out and you're being scared, like obviously there's probably multiple takes. You know, there's things happening like someone saying scrape and doing all the yeah. sort of things. So do you just have to focus on the scene? Like, how do you get into the zone when you're filming something you know you're supposed to be super scary, but you can kind of see this outside world that's actually happening? I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to describe it. I, I, I guess I'm just such a good actor. Um, <laughs> Obviously, so. <laughs> no, but it is, it is. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of switch off and, and focus. I mean, that's hugely surprising to the people that know me. Like, I actually can manage to focus. Uh, I can be professional and very serious. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. I think you have people like Jared Harris who kind of leads the way and inspires you somewhat to kind of, I guess, be professional to an extent. I um, mean, he's actually probably worse than I am at uh, <laughs> trying to make people laugh. But um, yeah, I've heard he's a prankster. He's like England's George Clooney. He really is. Uh, and I think because he was the adult of the group, um, I, I think we all kind of took our... We, we didn't want to look unprofessional. I, I keep using that word. But um, I think we all wanted to impress him and to make it look like we were working very hard and... So he had no reason to complain about these kids on set. With this particular film, your character, Brian, which I think is kind of an interesting take, is that he's a skeptic, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a non-believer, um, especially to begin with, of, of course. Um, but he's sort of roped in as the cameraman, obviously, to kind of document this experiment that the professor sets out upon um, and uh, is purely there for the, the experience of filming something and potentially filming something interesting. And I guess he's curious and he's open to the idea of the supernatural, not too dissimilar to myself. Um, and obviously as things progress and the journey gets a little darker and uh, he, I suppose he gets a little deeper, somewhat romantically in a sense, um, yeah, you know, his beliefs change and it's, it makes for an interesting journey. That's an interesting point that you brought up um, because in and you don't see it as much in the in in the trailer, but in the actual film, there is kind of this an idea almost of a relationship between you and the girl that's actually possessed because she is a girl and she has this other side character, I guess you could say, possessing her body. And so, would that be like a conversation you guys had where it's like, you know, look scared, but also look kind of lusting at her. Like, what kind of notes would you get for that? <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, it's, I mean, she, I think, I think my, my interpretation of that relationship, um, my motivation. Break it down, the, act, the action that I was playing um, was that, no, she, she, it was much more about him trying to help her as opposed to, like, I think she looks at him in a romantic sense and he was actually more worried about her safety and her well-being. And I think there's even, I don't want to ruin too much. I mean, yeah, don't I'm, give it away, yeah, Sam. But, but, but yeah, I mean, my, my interpretation is that it's him trying to help her as opposed to, uh, he definitely doesn't go looking. He doesn't do the experiment, especially to hook up with a mentally right. disturbed woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's really Check it off the bucket disturbed. list dating, yeah. possessed girl. <laughs> yeah, not a thing that happens exactly. Um, so, with this film, in terms of just being able to shoot, with somebody like a Jared Harris and um, working with like Hammer Features. Is that one of those things where you, you do kind of cross off on your bucket list? I mean, you've worked with amazing people in the past, but. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really got a bucket list, bizarrely. Um, a question I've been asked quite a lot is where do you see yourself in five years? And 
if I'm 100% honest, I never saw myself being in this position kind of four years out of drama school. And, you know, I thought I was going to be playing a tree in some sort of touring theatre company in England and at a push, if at all, you know. Um, Which would be great, too. Yes, you could still get that role. I wouldn't complain, you know. I, I'd stand there like a tree. I did that at drama school. I learned how to be a tree. <laughs> so I thought it was something I could handle. Um, whereas this, I, I still don't feel like I can handle. I still feel out of place and uh, somewhat overwhelmed by the whole experience. Um, but yeah, I, I've never kind of mapped out where I want my life to go. Uh, I guess I'm kind of open to change and open to new challenges. And occasionally these challenges come my way and by no means do I complain. I kind of grab them as much as, you know, as I just know that I'm very fortunate to be in my position, basically, and I think I try to make the most of that. Totally. And was it a, a nice experience having to do kind of like a period piece, like having the 70s hair and the clothes? Did uh, it help? <laughs> yes and no. Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone can notice. I mean, my, the difference between me here and me playing <laughs> Finnick was that I was a little more you know, uh, comfy uh, <laughs> is a polite way of yeah. putting it. I basically found out I got Finnick O'Dare on my last day of filming this. So it's like... Wait, really? I had a lot of work to do. Um, and We had one really strong shoulder from holding <laughs> that camera up. But basically, uh, it's, it was the point that I started working out during this just because I was realizing that I was getting a little comfy. And um, yeah, that, thank God. I mean, uh, yeah, it was still a, a long way to go for me. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about myself working well, out. Well, the I'm 70s uh, vibe. Oh, wow. Like, did you steal anything from set? <laughs> no, probably the possessed girl uh, somewhat. No, wait, that sounds so, it sounds like I kidnapped a girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm. um, No, she's still very alive and well in England and hidden away and locked up. But um, no, I, I, no, I didn't, unfortunately. Because there's a lot of really great 70s vibes to it, but there's the eeriness factor also that it is, you know, roughly based on a true story. Like, do you kind of believe in that stuff? Was there anything spooky that happened on set? No, I mean, like I say, we, ha we had, you know, not only a director shouting stupid sound effects at us, <laughs> um, but we also had, like, you know, 20 crew members dotted around the set, and the moment you opened a door, it was sunlight outside, and you kind of trying to act like it's nighttime and very creepy in the middle of an abandoned house where there's no cell phones and then occasionally a cell phone goes off. So it was kind of difficult sometimes to lose that, you know, the real world um, and to live in that facade. But um, I'd love to say that there was. I mean, the house was creepy. No was windows like a, broke randomly or anything. No, I, I, I wish there was. It's one of those things I, I'm thinking of actually just creating a story in my head to make it Let's look, come up sound, with one. To sound <laughs> like you should believe in the supernatural. This whole story exists. The quiet ones is happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's nothing, nothing. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a... A skeptic myself. Maybe it's because I'm a non-believer. You're a little Brian. Yeah. Yeah. A little I'm, bit of I'm your character. I'm open, you know? I'm open. <laughs> You're just figuring it out. Um, you know, I love hearing about how a scene is broken down. Like, will you kind of tell us maybe, specifically we see in the trailer, there's a moment where yourself, Jared, everyone starts to get the glowing red mm. in the shoulder. And it's like a quick running up. You guys are looking in the mirror. Like, can you just kind of tell us what it looks like as your perspective while you're filming it, do you remember? Um, yeah, yeah that, that specific moment actually is one that is kind of embedded in my mind and will never leave me, I don't think, uh, in the sense that, like, the director explained it to us, like, what was going to happen and how painful it was, and 
you know, we were kind of, we obviously read the script, we kind of get this sort of tattoo in a sense, basically during a scene, um, and you sort of see it happening to each of us. Hashtag possession. Hashtag, what's it called? Oh, a, a sigil, that's the sigil. word. A sigil. Um, so it's like a branding, you know, being burnt with a, a branding iron. And um, I just remember like knowing that I was the last person to go, so I could kind of gauge how, okay, that hurts that much with him and it hurts that much with her. Okay, with Jared it really hurt. Oh God, so now it means I've got to top that. Um, so it was kind of, I think we were trying to outdo each other and so after take, after take, after take, it got to the point where we were all losing our voices because we were all screaming so much and rolling around the floor and um, it was very difficult not to swear. I remember that and I think you can even, if you watch the film, you'll even notice me going, fuck! <laughs> and I just leave it there remembering it's a PG-13 yeah. I can't Period. can't finish this word but um, I, I'm going for it you know and it was it was difficult at times um, uh, does that help? Does yeah that no I, I just yeah. always think it's interesting especially specifically with horror films like the idea of you know seeing things but not really seeing them or having to like have a breathlessness about yourself like it seems like a much uh, just as any film probably would but like a difficult thing to kind of conquer. I have to say, I think the whole being out of breath in, in a, as an actor, I mean, some actors will do it method and kind of literally run a marathon before a scene. Um, whereas people like me, we just kind of go, <sighs> but then you, you sometimes notice in films, right? You sometimes notice in films. Because I, 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 I'm one of those guys, I always try to remember throughout the scene that I'm still out of breath. If you, you'll tend to watch films nowadays, right, where people are out of breath at the beginning of a scene, but by the end, like, even about three lines in, they're forgotten completely, because they're trying to remember their words, they're forgotten to be out of breath. You know, so, they, they, you know, their characters just run a marathon, they'll be like, oh, I'm, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, so, yeah, so anyway, I was great. Um, I went to the toilet and yeah, I came back. You know, and it's 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 crazy how quickly they recover from running a marathon. You know, I mean, in fact, my brother, oldest brother, has just literally run the London Marathon, and uh, he's still in pain. You know, he's oh, popping yeah. blood blisters all over his feet, and he's like, I can't walk for years. I mean, yeah. So it's, I think you know, some people. Degrees of difficulty thrown yeah. in, throwing it around. So how long did the actual shoot take? Was it very rushed, or did you guys have time to kind of hang out, have some camaraderie between this, you know, everybody? There, there, was, there was definitely moments for camaraderie. We had like a, like a little rehearsal period before we started filming um, where we were all able to get to know one another and, you know, read the script together, uh, get to know each other's characters, and kind of develop the script in a sense, you know, as a, as a collaborative. That's my iPhone. Yeah. Oh. Apple iPhone. Look at that yeah, product just placement. Just kidding. That. So natural. Um, but uh, it, it was, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And, it, you know, I'm still very friendly with the guys that, you know, we all worked with. Um, Jared's an amazing actor, not only a kind of a hero of mine, but an amazing human being as well. Um, Olivia was talented. I, I was sort of sat in and helped her through. The, we did chemistry reads together. I think I was already oh, cast. And I kind of helped her audition process and in fact was asked an opinion in fact who I thought was the right girl and I you know obviously nudged towards Olivia I mean no, I'm not saying that I'm the reason for her being cast she <laughs> should thank me in her Oscar speech um, but, but were there she was a lot the right, like yeah. that's interesting to hear about a chemistry read did you have to sit with like a bunch of actresses to do I, this yeah I mean there were there was a few um, I don't want to sort of say how many oh um, yeah no but of course it, there were there were a few that we saw and 
uh, I mean, without a doubt, the moment Olivia walked in, we kind of had a moment where we had to sort of do a bit of small talk, and it was it's always very strange when you just meet someone like, so where are you from? Cool, yeah, um, lovely weather, right? <laughs> what have you done? What have I seen you yeah. in? <laughs> you know, it's it's very strange. Do you do do you come here often? Like I don't know, um, but the two, you know, we got on really well from the get go, uh, and then we did the chemistry read, and she had every element of the character there, and. But I think that it was a, you know, hands down, like she was the right choice from the get go. So we were very blessed to have her on board, really. Um, since there was such kind of obvious chemistry, you know, this is a great cast. It's like very small. Was there more improving involved? Like, were you guys allowed to kind of really play with some of these scenes? Um, yeah, yes and no. Like, I think there were there were definitely elements and times where we were able to kind of be make it a much more collaborative experience and. Like rewrite moments of the script. I mean, the great thing about having John Pogue, the director, on board was that he was also the writer, you know, or one of the many like, editors of the script, the original script. And uh, he was, it was great kind of being able to go to him and say, yeah, I don't know if I'd say this, you know, I don't know if my character, it always sounds so, <laughs> right. so benign, like for an actor to go, do you know what, I don't think I'd say this, you know, my. <laughs> Me and my character are one, and no, 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 no. He definitely wouldn't say so. Uh, no, um, it's you know. I, I, but he he kind of allowed us. In fact, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, welcomed, I guess, change, and wanted to make it the best film possible. So often would ask my opinion on directing moments. You know, when I was I spent so much time behind the camera, he said, you know, what's an easier way we can make this work and. It was such a collaborative experience from all, you know, across the board, all of us kind of tuned in and said our piece. Um, right. yeah, it was an amazing experience, really. That's wonderful. We're gonna open it up to the floor for the Q&A portion, Sam, if you don't mind. And I'm gonna jump in there with the first one. Hit me. Um, I wanna know, were you just <laughs> devastated that you didn't win Best Shirtless Performance at the MTV Movie Awards? Come do you know, on. Do you know what? No. Uh, I'm actually <laughs> thankful that Zac Efron, Efron won, whatever is how yeah. Jessica Alba said his name. Um, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thankful because I definitely wouldn't have had the guts and the confidence to, to kind of stand there. Off, yeah. I think I would have probably punched Rita Ora in the face <laughs> first and then put the shirt back on, cried a little, <laughs> and then run off and called my mum, you know? I, oh, yeah, totally. It's, I th I, you know, hands down, that guy is pretty... Honking, you know yeah. what I mean? He's pretty honking. Um, <laughs> and between him and Chris Hemsworth, and I mean, I mean, the, the category was ridiculous. You're like, just excited what? to be nominated. It's, it's great. <laughs> I'm very thankful, uh, but it didn't at all think that I was going to win. So I'm, I'm glad that Zach took They're that one They're just to away. enjoy it. All right, all right. We'll turn it over to the floor. I believe you guys have some questions. Thank you. I was wondering if you could just do like a like a the scariest the, the scariest face you can do, followed by like a silent scream, so like you don't. <laughs> Like, hurt wow, the that's, that's, oh, wow, this is like drama school again. Um, the scaredest faced, was faced, what? The sca scary, what? Scariest face. I'm, I, I'm the most scared, okay. I don't know, I don't, it's, it's difficult without being in the moment, you know, just, like just give me five you. minutes to get into character. Um, I don't know, uh, uh, and then a silent scream. I look like a so chipmunk. So good. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. That's that's acting. Uh, <laughs> what was your transaction between finishing Quiet Ones to going to into a 
let's say, a mind state to do finical aware for Catch a Fire? What was like the mind state in between? Um, it was shock, I think, more than anything. I think it took me a good few days to stop celebrating inside. Um, at the same time, okay, I once heard this story that Daniel Craig, when he was cast as James Bond, he was in a supermarket when he got a phone call and his, his, you know, his uh, trolley was filled with um, all sorts of you know, healthy food and yada yada. And he basically got the phone call saying, congratulations, you're James Bond. And he pushed it aside, got another trolley and filled it with booze. I don't know whether this is true, this is what I heard, uh, and celebrated, you know, and it's like one last blowout. And I think that was, that was the same for me and Finnick. It was kind of, I knew that it was a potential, so at the same, like I, like I sort of mentioned, I was sort of training a little bit and kind of going, oh, I'm not going to train too hard in case I don't get it and I'm going to depressly eat everything. Um, but I was started training a little bit and was eating a little healthier and I think I had one big blowout and then decided that it was time to knuckle down and become the Adonis that Finnick O'Dare is meant to be in the book. You know, I, I definitely felt a lot of pressure from, you know, Twitter people and bloggers and the world, I guess, <laughs> saying that this guy, this guy, this guy, like, like I mean, I think, I think there was, I, I when I found out that uh, it was a possibility, I, I remember reading this blog and it was listed from hundreds of thousands of people around the world that had listed their perfect Finnick O'Dare, and not one person had put my name down. So I realized, no, it's a good thing, because it actually drove me to work harder. I was like, okay, now it's time to like prove these people wrong. So I guess, I guess my mindset was I had a lot of work to do, um, and that was a good thing. Uh, I'm glad that I had that challenge, and I like challenging myself, so yeah. Hello, Sam. Hey, man. I wanted to know, what was your distinction from theater or act or film? Like, what, what's your exact distinction um, uh, as a trained actor? Um, I mean, it's, it's difficult to say. I've actually never done any professional theater. I've only done theater from drama school. Um, but my interpretation is, with theater, you get to go through that journey once a day. You know, like, you go, you do, you, you, and I think you should always, and you have the opportunity to start the story every day, every performance from the beginning to the end, and you go through that journey every single day, which, yes, can seem repetitive. Uh, the difficult thing about film is you often kind of pick and choose from different moments of a film. You know what I mean? Like, you, it will never, well, very rarely will it be shot in order. So it's very difficult to remember. You have to know the script so, so well uh, that you have to know exactly where you've come, where you're going. Um, and you know you have to, you have to kind of I don't know is you have to kind of find the ups and downs before you film each scene. Um, you know that's what that's how, how I, I work. You know you have to know the action of each scene, the motiv your motivation behind what you're saying and why you're saying it. And you, yeah, I, I guess the knowledge of the script has to be greater. And I'm not saying that you should you know wing it on stage. <laughs> you obviously have to know those scripts well as well. But I think kind of going through the emotion scene by scene on stage can be quite, I don't know. And then there's also the obviously, the obvious, which is a live audience and you feed from the audience and you find new things during, during a, a, you know, a, a theater production. Each, each show will be different and the ways, you, there, there, are, there are moments in like a, 
a performance a month down the line and you'll realize someone says a line slightly different. You're like, oh, now I get it. You know what I mean? Whereas you have time in theater is what I'm trying to say. In film, sometimes it can be quite rushed and you're like, uh, yeah, okay. And then often I sit there and kind of go, do you know what? I wish I'd done that now. But it's a bit late. You know, whereas theater, you have the opportunity to do that the next night. Depends how long the show is. I suppose how long is running for. I mean, there, there are many differences and I could bore you all day. Um, and I'm on, like I say, because I've never done it professionally, it's very difficult for me to say, I think. But um, I hope I have the opportunity to get, you know, to go do some though, properly. Is it fun and or therapeutic to act scared out of your mind? <laughs> um, it, 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 it's neither, I'd say. It's, it's, it was quite stressful and it, like, it got to a point where I remember having bad headaches, like, because I was kind of constantly straining, like, uh, there was, I just felt like I had a lot of blood in my head a lot of the time. You sort of find yourself screaming a lot and running around a lot, and I think it kind of is quite overwhelming at times. Um, at the same time, like, noticing other actors' scared face, I mean, someone's scared face, it's nearly as bad as the face you pull just before you sneeze, which is like the ugliest face any human being can ever, it's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those faces that every time you see someone being scared, it's quite a, kind of funny, right? So running through like the woods, for example, turning around and seeing someone else going, <laughs> you know, it's, it was comical and we had fun with it. But uh, like I said, I'd say it was more stressful than anything. Out of all of the scary movies that are out there, which one is your favorite and what makes this one different? Um... My favorite is, it, I, 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 I'll tell you the, the one that really has sort of been embedded in my mind and I don't think will ever leave me. Um, and I, it, was, it was one of those horror movies which I'm pretty sure you can all, you know, uh, relate to is the, the horror movie, I was, the sort of first horror movie I really remember that I was way too young to watch, which I'm sure everyone has done at least once in their life. Watched a horror movie when they were like under 10 that was an 18 or an R-rated movie, and you're like, I shouldn't have seen this. Um, for me, it was the Blair Witch Project. That I, I mean, I thought it was the, it's the first of its kind that I certainly saw anyway, that was a, you know, told from a POV. Um, and I mean, I can guarantee you, I, I did not want to go to Cub Camp for a good few years afterwards. Like being in the woods or in a tent, it, it creeped me out. I didn't want to go to the dentist after seeing those teeth in a handkerchief. Like, it was, it was just a very frightening movie. Uh, and my brothers had set it up to me as well, saying it's a true story. And uh, I remember seeing posters around the, the, the adver advertisement kind of, uh, the advertisement campaign was posters that said missing on the top and the three actors. And then I've never seen those actors ever again. And it kind of scares me to, to the point where I'm like, maybe it is actually real. Um, but at the same time, my brothers brought the video from a video shop. And it's kind of like, well, where'd you get the video? Why, the, why is there a copy of that video? Um, but, you know, I'm pretty sure no one's ever been back to Blair. And, um, yeah, it's one of those movies, like I say, it's stuck in my, you know, stuck in my mind all, all the time. And I still watch it now, and it kind of freaks me out. Um, and, you know, in a sense, what I think it attracted me to this uh, was that it had a lot of similarities in the sense it was told from POV at times and it was about something that you didn't see all the time or barely at all. Um, 
And, you know, I, for me, they're, they're the sort of movies that, they're the sort of horror movies that really, um, that, I, that, I like, that I enjoy most. Is when, I think the moment you kind of see a monster, sometimes you're like, ah, my imagination was a lot scarier than you have painted this picture. Um, I mean, a name, uh, sorry, a film that, you know, for example, Jeepers Creepers, I don't know if many of you are familiar. The beginning of that movie was so frightening to me. Like, just being in a car on a road in the middle of nowhere in a big van, like, quite literally bumping you off the road, I think is frightening. But the moment you see that guy making out with a head, a decapitated head, kind of, <laughs> and its wings, and you're like, well, nah, I don't know. I, if, I, I thought it was just a human being, that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think... I've told you the similarities. Do you want the differences as well? No. Good, good. I'm boring you. <laughs> I was like, I get it, Sam. Yeah, right. Okay, you've heard enough. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much, Sam Claflin, who's been here for The Quiet Ones, which is out on April 25th. You've yeah, been wonderful. Such a delight. Go Take see the movie. Friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> thank you so much. No, thank you, guys. Thanks for your questions. <laughs> <laughs>